Welcome to I Love Edmonton Real Estate. My name is Jason Scott and with me today is Bob Mashansky from Homes and Gardens Real Estate. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you. So Bob, you're probably the longest serving uh, realtor that I know. You've been in the business for how long now? 40 years as of January of this year. Wow. So you've seen lots of changes along the way. An awful lot of changes. Okay. Tell us how you first got involved in real estate here in Edmonton. Well, I used to be in the car business. I was a sales manager at uh, Northgate Pontiac, and my brother was in the real estate business, and he was doing very well. And uh, he used to tantalize me. He'd drive up in his Cadillac and a roll of $100 bills in his pocket and <laughs> say, if you were in a real estate business, this is what you would have. <laughs> so, yes, I just said after about five years with Northgate, I want to get into the real estate business. And I did, and I've done quite well. Right. So this was back in the 70s where everyone wanted a caddy, and 100 bucks was a lot of cash. So oh, having yes. a roll was huge, right? You better believe it. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So he convinced you to follow uh, him into the uh, industry. Do you remember you know, how you got started with your first couple of weeks? your first deal or two? Well, way back then, uh, when a person joined, you didn't get any training at all. But uh, if you had some selling experience, which I did, they had what they called uh, in-house calls. Most of the, since I joined in the beginning of December of 1975, most of the seasoned realtors didn't want to take phone calls for the Christmas month. So they gave them to me, and I, of course, uh, took a lot of them, and I, I concluded my first sale in January of, of 76, which is within a month, yeah. and which was quite pleasing as far as I'm concerned. I even remember the first sale I made in this number seven in Sunset Boulevard in St. Albert. Oh, is that right? Do you remember how much it sold for? I think it sold for about 38000 at that time. Wow. Yeah. And what would have what would a commission have been on a thirty eight thousand dollar property back then? Well, that's seven percent for first hundred thousand, and three percent for the remainder wasn't very much. <laughs> <laughs> and then we split that with the with the listing realtor as well. Right, right. So, so a couple hundred bucks really when all is said and done. Yeah. So, okay. You had told me the other day that you had a framed copy of that original contract. Still, is that right? I do, but I uh, since we moved a few times, I'm not sure I know where to look for it anymore. But. Uh, I, I did have it uh, saved summers. Okay, Bob, so you got into the business, you know, with your brother, and, and what was it like working with your brother, uh, and what was the relationship like? Well, actually, I didn't work with him because uh, he was in a different office than I was, and uh, eventually he became the manager of the Royal Page office in Short Park. Okay, so, Bob, it was your brother who got you into real estate. Did you guys have any uh, friendly competition going on between the two of you? Oh, once in a while, but we were very good friends, and Greg was not only my brother, but he's one of my best friends too. And we got along very well and uh, helped each other out whenever we could. Right. Okay. So what's kept you in the business for so many years? I love the business. I love dealing with people. Ever since I've left high school, I've been a salesman and uh, it's a challenge and uh, I really am a people person and and that's what's given me the drive. Right. And of course, uh, making money is another one. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So when do, what sort of sales were you doing originally? You were doing something before cars, I think, right? Uh, well, originally my dad had a John Deere and, uh, and a GM franchise uh, in a smaller town out of Edmonton. And that's where I got my start when I left high school and to work with him. And that's where I got my sales experience really. Gotcha. So you've been basically doing sales all your adult life. All my adult life. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Has there, do you think anything has really changed with the way sales happens or how you do sales over the course of your career? Well, in a way they've changed. Uh, <clears throat> 
the approach is very similar. I don't think that ever changes very much. Uh, the strategy can change a bit. But uh, what we are faced with today is, is all the, the electronics and all the special machines we have were in those days when I first started this business. When we listed a property for sale, it was on one page contract and the purchase contracts also on page. And eventually when they decided to, to go electronic, they said it would cut down on paperwork like uh, what kind of paperwork are they talking about here? <laughs> Nowadays, it's about 20 or 25 pages of paperwork. So, right. it's, But it's, it has a lot to do with the, with the rules and regulations in this business too. Right, yeah. So um, have things become more efficient? Like what would, what would you used to do when you had listings or you wanted to show properties before no, compared to now? Compared to what we do now, it was a nightmare then. In the days I was in, started in the business, each office had a, a territory, and you couldn't list a property in somebody else's territory. You had to engage another realtor to share it with you. So that made it a little difficult because I had people almost all over the city I was dealing with. So I had to share a lot of commissions with other realtors, which I didn't really like, but that's the system they had. So that was on the listing side of things? Yes. And what about if buy, if you had buyers? What do you have to do with no, buyers and going buyers, to showings? No, it's okay with buyers. You'd show anywhere and write the offers, but there's no restriction about that. But a listing there was. Ah, okay. Gotcha. And then were there key safes way back when you first started? No, there weren't any key safes. And the keys were kept in the listing realtor or broker's office. And what was really frustrating was there were times when we'd make arrangements to show a property and you'd phone that office and reserve a key for a certain time and you'd get your people in the car and you drive all the way across the city to the other agent's office to pick up the keys and you get there and the keys are gone so they're released to somebody else. Wow. So that was very frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would literally have to, you know, go around, collect a bunch of keys, then bring your clients to each of the houses if, if you could gang up a bunch of houses in one afternoon, say, for showing. And then when you were done, you had to go drive back and return all the keys to those offices, too. <laughs> <laughs> so you went through cars like uh, most people go through water. Man. Well, you bet. I a lot of miles on my vehicles. <laughs> Gotcha. What's the strangest thing that's happened to you over uh, the course of, of your career? I mean, there must be a few funny stories of either strange clients or strange circumstances or really weird properties. Well, there have been all kinds of, I could almost write a book on all of them. <laughs> but uh, some of the ones that stand out are uh, sometimes making a plan to show a property and you get there and the uh, uh, agent had forgot to notify the owners that were coming to look at the property and we catch them in various dress and undress. <laughs> a lot of frustration on, on everybody's part, but that was one of the things. Right. Okay, cool. When you look back on your career, you must now have dealt with multiple generations of families. Is that the case? I have dealt with some families seven times over. Really? So with the parents and the kids and they grew up with their kids. So yes, as long as you give them good service and stay in touch with them, yeah. they're loyal to you. And so how are you staying in touch with your clients these days? Well, my biggest tool has been so far for all the 40 years I've been in this business, I start giving out calendars every year to my clients. Okay. And believe it or not, that has been the crux of my business. They remember me every day. They look in that calendar and my picture's there and my name is there. And if they, they were satisfied with my service, guess who they called? 
right. me. Right. And that's still the case today when we have smartphones. And yeah. 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 I still give out the calendars. And matter of fact, I had a kind of a, a comical thing happen once. I, I sold a home to a, a retired judge and I said, gave him a calendar that following year. And the year after that, somehow he, he got missed in the shuffle and he phoned me up and he said, Bob, he says, this is Judge so-and-so. And he says, I haven't received my calendar from you yet. <laughs> so in the car and I drove right down there and gave him a calendar. He was happy. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. If you were to start your, your business over again, knowing what you know now, and you're talking to yourself, you know, way back on your first day of, of real estate business, what, what sort of advice would you give yourself in, in terms of, you know, growing your business and sticking it out through all these years? I think the first advice I would give to new realtors is you don't know when your income is coming in. We are not paid a salary. We are paid strictly on commissions. And there are times when you might make a deal on the property, but a possession is 90 days from now, you're not going to get a commission until after the 90 days are up and maybe within two weeks after that. So my advice is make sure you have some financial support to carry over because if you don't, you won't be in the business after three or four months. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's wise advice. Probably the other big area of advice for people on commission is remember to save money income tax. Oh, yes. And a lot of realtors have made big money and they've gone out and spent it like there's no, no return. And, uh, when the crunch came, they didn't have any money left. Yeah. And then they're really in dire streets. Yeah, no kidding. So over the course of your career, have you any, uh, ever won any uh, awards or recognitions? Oh, we won a lot of awards, actually. With the first company I was with, I, I won. I was in the top 10 many, many times uh, for the whole city and uh, had the Award of Excellence, which is one of their top awards. And the next company I was with, I um, got quite a few awards. And the most precious one, of course, was a member of in the Hall of Fame, which is the the jewel of the awards, right? So that's the Edmonton Real Estate Hall of Fame, or no? It's with uh, with Remax. Re- oh, Remax Hall yes. of Fame. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Have you received anything from the board here for long service awards? Or? Yes, uh, a couple of weeks ago we had a big uh, celebration at one of the hotels, and uh, I was given uh, the awards, forty year award. Yeah, and we had a great presentation and a nice evening and dinner and dancing and everything we really enjoyed. Yeah, good stuff. Bob, one of the reasons I wanted to interview you was uh, because even though you've been in this industry for 40 years, you still treat it like a business and take it very seriously. What's your typical work day or work week like? Well, my body clock wakes me up at 6 in the morning and I'm usually out of bed by 6.30 and uh, go to work and, you know, actually I... I walk my dog and, and then I have my breakfast. Then I get busy on the phone or, or in paperwork or on a computer and uh, contact people. And they want to look at some properties. I have to make arrangements. I have to select the properties that they want to look at. And I'd like to mention one thing here is a realtor must be a very good listener. Okay. You don't second guess what people are telling you. Okay. Although we've had some surprises because people told me they wanted certain properties and I uncannily would add a few nicer ones on and a little higher priced ones and those are the ones they end up buying anyway. But, right. uh, but you have to be a good listener. So that's one of the keys to your the longevity of your industry? Yeah. Okay. When was it that you knew that, hey, real estate's for me, I'm not going back to you know the car dealership, etc.? The first month I was in it. It was that quick? Yeah. What was it that 
like how how are houses really different from cars? I mean, you're selling big ticket items, so what's the difference? You wait for people to come into your showroom to uh, get your buyers, yeah. and then the real estate business, you go out and get your buyers and your sellers. You you contact people, and you, they don't have necessarily come to your office. You go to their office or their homes. Right. So is the prospecting and the marketing that you enjoyed? or Yes, I uh, have uh, had a lot of experience with uh, marketing and uh, prospecting. I must say there are times when I picked a district to uh, distribute uh, leaflets and, and uh, beg for the business and for five, six months and never got a reply. So I'd give up on that place. And, I, and eventually I got so much response from other ways that uh, I didn't have to do that. Right. And I don't anymore. Right. So now it's strictly referral business and working the phones, talking to past clients and yep. contacts, yep. etc. And, you know, I, I go back on my records and I pick up people that bought something five, six, seven, eight years ago and I phone them and say, hey, did you buy, have you, are you still in the same house? Have you ever thought of maybe go upgrading or downgrading or whatever? And that's another way to get my business too. Right. Okay. Over the course of those years where you've, you've dealt with, you know, uh, say six or seven uh, generations of sales and purchases and you're dealing with the kids and the grandkids, I mean, you must become fairly familiar with the families, the people involved. Oh, yes. I know them all by name and their kids and grandkids by name. Yeah. Yeah, and we're, we all get along pretty well. Are you going to, to uh, weddings and funerals and all that sort of stuff? Oh, yes. A lot of weddings. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> no, hopefully no funerals. What was the best real estate advice that you ever received when you were either starting out or along the way? Well... When I made my first sale, I was pretty green at it, and I had a purchase contract with me, and I showed these people this home in St. Albert, and they decided they wanted me to write an offer with them. It was my first sale. I had no training, so I, I really wasn't sure how I had to write this thing up. I was fortunate that uh, an old fellow, uh, George McDonald, was on duty that, at our office at that time. I phoned him, and he walked me through the whole purchase contract, and that's how I got started. Okay, gotcha. And I'm very thankful that he helped me out. Right. But what about uh, business building advice? Has anyone ever told you, you know, hey, Bob, be aware of this or make sure you, you know, are looking after this part of your business or your your personal budget, etc., so that you can stick with it? Yeah, I had lots of advice in that case. Uh, one thing that uh, was drilled into us is that when you write an offer, you make sure you, you have a deposit with the offer, which more or less solidifies the fact that this buyer is going through with a deal and it's a genuine buyer. Mm-hmm. And uh, just have get, given advice that was all, always helpful in many ways. How would you describe your sales style when you're dealing with people? The first thing I do is if I'm meeting with people that I'm not familiar with, particularly, I get to know them first. I talk to them about their families, uh, their lifestyle, what they do, and I get them to relax and get to know them, feel comfortable with me. When when they feel comfortable with you, they're much easier to deal with. Okay. So, I mean, obviously, high-pressure sales tactics don't work in real estate like it would in, say, the car business. I'm not a high-pressure salesman. Yeah. Okay. Are there any areas uh, in Edmonton or the area around Edmonton that 
that you're focusing on for your business? I think I've done most of my business south of the river. Okay. And, of course, I've done business in other areas, but not as much like uh, southeast, southwest, or mainly in south central, or mainly the areas that I did most of my business still do. Okay. Bob, is there any um, type of property that you specialize in, whether it's uh, you know condos or, or whatever? Well, it's residential condos, homes, and uh, I have been involved in selling and listing acreages and farms. But uh, lately, we've become professionals with designations, and we have to be licensed for each designation. So if I'm going to sell land, I have to have professional designation for selling land Mm -hmm. or commercial or residential or whatever, but each one has to be separate designation. Right. Okay. If you were to look at your last 10 uh, deals that you've done, do you see any uh, trends that are developing? Well, yes. Uh, starting last year, things started getting a little tougher. Uh, I, had, I had a good year last year, but I find that uh, especially since the uh, beginning of the year, this year, people are taking more time to decide whether they want to buy or not or whether they want to sell or not. And uh, it, it requires showing them much more property than, than they normally would look at. Okay. Why do you think that's happening? Well, I think it's the buyer's market right now. Like we normally carry between five and six thousand listings at this time of the year, and we have over eight, mm-hmm. so that it definitely is a buyer's market. Right. So what selection? Okay. Do you think there's going to be downward pressure on prices, or I feel there will be. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that by the end of this year it should change slowly, but uh, yet we're getting good prices for properties. The mm-hmm. values haven't gone down, but it's tougher to sell them. Right. Okay. Now you've been obviously through the highs and the lows of the of the cycle, and it really is a cycle. What were the '80s like? Well, it depends what part of the '80s we're talking about. Well, here. well the, the early <laughs> '80s when it was bleak, bleak, bleak. So. <laughs> Well, it was tougher. Uh, I know we all struggled a lot to keep food on the table and, and a gas tank full, but uh, if you persist, you get the business anyway. Right. Okay. So, I mean, basically what Edmonton would be experiencing now is just a minor regular market correction versus the kind of thing that had gone on in the early 80s. We're calling it a glitch. Yeah. But uh, it's not as bad as it was back in say, 2008 and nine. Yeah, well, and even then, that was just, a, again, a six-month recession. If you're looking at the economy, I mean, we're you know, two years from the uh, peak or the last peak of oil prices. Uh, one would hope that oil prices are going to turn around soon. What are your thoughts on where we go from here over the next six months to two years? Well, because of what happened in Fort McMurray, I think we're going to be looking at uh, a mixture of what's going to be going on. Uh, there'll be a lot of there are a lot of people displaced and maybe will not want to go back to Fort McMurray, so they likely want to live in maybe Edmonton. If they do, then our business should pick up. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah. I kind of agree with you. I think it will spur a lot of activity here in terms of you know jobs being created at the service level or at the contractors. Yeah, there'll be people out in the fields doing work in Fort McMurray, but there'll be all the spin-off jobs here too, right? Yeah, and then a lot of them will have their homes here and just commute to Fort McMurray. Right. Okay, good. So, Bob, if you were going to give advice to a friend or relative who was uh, looking to either buy buy or sell in a different city, and so you couldn't help them, what would you tell them uh, you, they should be looking for in terms of finding a realtor? 
Well, we can uh, find a realtor in other cities, but through a referral system we have, and uh, I really insist on them doing it that way. I can refer a buyer or a seller in any other city. And the big advantage of having a referral to someone at that city is that when you get there, you, if you don't know the city, you can end up making some big mistakes in what you end up buying. Right. Okay. But what sort of qualities should they be looking for in terms of deciding, hey, is this real or the person for me or not? Well, I... Uh have a tendency to uh, lean with a realtor that does business a similar way I do. And uh, that's how I recommend uh, referral realtors to buyers or sellers. Right. Okay. Do you have any other uh, thoughts or comments that you'd like to give us in terms of either building a, a business or just in general? Yes, I would. Uh, there's a question of why you should use a realtor. Well, realtors are effective negotiators. They are up to date on all the rules and regulations that govern real estate practice in Alberta and they have access to market and sales statistics so you will know if a prospective property is fairly priced. Bob, do you have any uh, last thoughts or comments on you know how people should choose a realtor or why they should work with a realtor? Well, realtors have a wide network of contacts allowing them to uncover leads and properties that may not yet be listed for sale. Uh, realtors adhere to a strict code of ethics and standards of business practices enforced by local real estate board, which the realtors belong to. Okay. And they must pass provincial exams and clear a criminal check before being licensed to practice in Alberta. Okay. So going back to the leads on uh, properties that may not be for sale, pocket listings happen all that often? Uh, fairly often. Uh, you'll get a friend that says, look, I want to sell my property, but I don't want to put it on a market. So if you have a buyer bring them over and see if we can't make a deal on it. But then, of course, we have to negotiate the value of the property and do the market analysis before we bring anybody to look at it. But, yeah, we do get the odd one. But Why would people want to do that? I, I don't like doing that because a lot of times there's that feeling that maybe that uh, seller will contact the buyer behind your back and make a deal, deal and you don't have a, uh, anything signed, so you lose out. Right, right. So I encourage them to list and another thing is when you put a property for sale through real estate board you list the property on mls and it goes to into the system and there are 3300 realtors in the city and every one of them has a chance to bring a buyer for that property so the chances of selling it and getting a good price are much greater than trying to sell through a pocket listing yeah i mean it's just a greater market a larger market to sell to i, I just don't understand why anyone well, would do a pocket well, listing some people have that mindset really huh? yeah huh Okay. Bob, have you ever been in a situation where, you know, you've sold the same house multiple times? Yes. Oh, I had a couple of them that I listed and resold several times. And of course, you know, the property is just easier to sell. Yeah. You know, the ins and outs of it. Yeah. So uh, what's the record for number of times you've sold a property? Did you ever keep track? No. <laughs> okay. Bob, any last thoughts before we wrap things up? Yes, I feel that uh, anybody that's interested in buying or selling property should contact the realtor and select the realtor you like dealing with, stick with them, and I'm sure that it'll be a very rewarding experience with you. Okay, Bob, thanks for joining us on the show. I wish you an awesome year. Thank you. Thank you.